0: You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode number 128, and today we're talking about how to get motivated. Not the I need to do this kind of way, but the deep desire to do something and keep yourself motivated to finish it.
1: Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host,
0: Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. My name's Alexa. This is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. Today, we're breaking down motivation. In fact, I have a guest expert, Jenny Huilbert of Wild Wellness. She's a holistic fitness expert with a degree in exercise science and a master's in sports psychology. She helps guide people with a holistic, nature-inspired approach to reach your goals without sacrificing your well-being. And you know I'm all about that, about not living for health, but using health as a means for living for something so much more. So I'm excited to dig into this topic. In fact, I have a lot of questions for Jenny as it relates to motivation and if it's a fleeting thing like willpower. Like, do we actually ever have motivation or is it just something that we think that we can grasp to use? So on today's show, I'm going to be asking Jenny about where motivation comes from, how we can use it to drive us, how we can use our strengths and our weaknesses to give us more motivation, and even if motivation is something we should rely on. It's going to be a great show, and I know we're going to dive into so much more. So you're going to want to hear this as we finish up our lessons on creating a healthy new year. Yes, this is one of three podcasts that I've put together for you to help you Come to a conclusion on what to do for the new year because we know resolutions are a thing of the past, right? They just don't work. And while I love healthy goal setting, I think that there has to be an extra component. Because we can set goals all day long, but how often do they actually get achieved? And that's what I want more than anything, is for health to just become a part of who you are, to be someone you are, not something you do. And that's what I wanna help you do this year. So if you haven't already, make sure you go back and listen to the previous two episodes, number 126 with Dr. Kelly Donahue on why it's so hard to change And then last week's episode, number 127, on how to design your year with Lori Gerber. It's a lot of fun, and I can't wait to see how this shapes you and molds you to go into 2019 with a different perspective. So, If you have a different view, I would love to hear from you. Make sure you leave a comment on today's show or over at social media and let me know what is your focus for 2019. Like I mentioned, we're diving into a full year of living well-nourished with new topics, new classes, and really just me walking alongside of you to help you motivate you and also, and there's that word motivate, ironic, right? But also to help you learn to love health and let it just be someone you are and not something that you constantly have to do and fight for. So to join me on the wellness year, just head on over to simpleartswellness.com and sign up to be on my email list. It's Absolutely, completely free. However, the Nourish Planner is gonna help you out this year because we are gonna be using that as one of the primary tools in living well-nourished. If you haven't grabbed your own planner, just go over to nourishplanner.com, use code SIMPLEROOTS, that's all caps, SIMPLEROOTS, for a 20% discount at checkout. Again, grab your planner, they're flying off the shelves. It's gonna be a great asset. If you're not a typical paper planner, I can assure you there's a number of health benefits that we're gonna talk about right away in January about why you should be doing more writing. Yes, that's actual physical pen to paper and how that can help you to live healthier. So grab your planner, you won't regret it, I promise, and you're gonna need it for the wellness year. Also, before we get to today's show, I wanna remind you of today's sponsor. I've talked about it many times and I'm gonna talk about it again. That's Kettle and Fire. Now, like I mentioned, I love Kettle and Fire, which is an all-natural bone broth company. I mean, not just all natural, but they're 100% organic, non-GMO with 100% grass-fed beef bones and chicken bones. They are the legit company that I don't have to worry about. I know I'm getting a high quality source of bone broth, which if you've been listening along, you know how much I love bone broth. It's one of the greatest immune boosters of our day. It's a packed full of collagen and other vital nutrients that our body needs for healing, restoration, and just health in general. These are nutrients that we aren't finding in our diet and in Other sources. But if you think about it, right, like we go back to ancient times and not even ancient times, like our grandmother and our great grandmother's day, and what did they use? They cooked with bones all the time. They knew the value of the bones and the deliciousness that it brought to foods, and they utilized that. Then come to our day and age where we rarely ever cook with bones. Like you can barely find a piece of meat at the store with a bone in it, let alone make our own bone broth. So That's what I love so much about Kettle and Fire is that you don't have to think about it. You don't have to slow simmer your own bone broth for 24 hours a day, which you can totally do. Very cost-effective and very efficient. I just know that I don't wanna have to hunt down healthy bones when I could just buy it from a great source like Kettle and Fire. Plus, they make bone broth soups that come in a box. I mean, what more could you want? It's like convenience and health collide into this beautiful product that you can just grab and go. Like I mentioned, I love kettle and fire. I love their traditional bone broths to add to soups as a base for soups, as well as to rice and quinoa when I cook it. But I've also been known just to have a monk of bone broth, especially as we come to the heart of winter. So you have to check out Kettle and Fire. I can't recommend them enough. Like I said, it's loaded with vital nutrients, collagen, and even a great source of protein that our body needs to thrive. To get your own Kettle and Fire products, head on over to kettleandfire.com, that's K-E-T-T-L-E and F-I-R-E.com to get your own bone broth and try out their bone broth soups. I know they're having a special on the tomato soup, which is my absolute favorite. Like I rave over it. I have it numerous times a week. I just love tomato soup so much, and this puts a healthy spin on it without all the extra sugar. Perfect, right? And so I also must mention that Kettle and Fire is giving you, my listener, a special discount on their products if you use the code Roots. that's all caps, S-I-M-P-L-E-R-O-O-T-S, At checkout, you can get 15% off your entire order plus free shipping on six cartons or more. Or you can just head on over to kettleandfire.com backslash simple roots to get that same discount. Again, use simple roots at checkout to get 15% off your entire order and free shipping on six cartons. Plus head to the show notes where I'll be linking up that special on tomato soup. You must check out Kettle and Fire. I know you're gonna love them. It's one of my most raved about companies that I recommend here. And I just really think that you can find so much value in it and make you feel so good. So check it out. You can also go to the show notes to learn more and check back for some of my favorite recipes using bone broth. But in the meantime, let's get back to the show and dive into motivation. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Today, we're going to talk about motivation and kind of getting ready for the new year, which is one of my favorite topics to talk about. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Alexa. One of my favorite topics as well. So I'm really appreciate you having me and having
1: this conversation.
0: Yeah. Okay. So today I want to talk about motivation because while most of us have good intentions, we may struggle with the motivation to do it, right? Like getting up in the morning and working out when it's zero degrees. So I want to ask you first, what is motivation and why is it so hard for us?
1: Yes, and it's hard for everyone at different times. And other times it can be easy. So it doesn't matter who you are. If you love workouts or if you're not someone who finds it easy, it doesn't matter. There's a whole spectrum of this. And overall, motivation to me is what moves us to take action. And I think it can be so complex because so many things in our lives are connected. Everything Mm -hmm. is connected if you think about it, which is why my approach to fitness coaching is very holistic. But as we can all relate, I'm sure if you feel stressed from a day at work, for example, then that can impact your workout later. Right. Or if you feel tired from a workout that you did in the morning, then maybe your food choices are influenced later in the day because you're kind of reaching for those quick energy hits. Maybe you're feeling tired. And even your relationship interactions, you know, you could be, your mood could shift because of um, feeling tired from a workout. So on some level, I think we all know that when things are tough, those negative feelings tend to move through everything. And so why is it so hard for us to get that motivation? I think one of the reasons can be because we lack clarity. Hmm. I think we struggle with motivation sometimes because we don't know what we want, or even sometimes more importantly, why it matters so much. So when you don't have clear goals or plans, it's really easy to let yourself off the hook. And feeling motivated, I believe, is getting clear on both the steps and the reason why you want to do it. So imagine you show up at the start line of a running race that you signed up for next week because (laughs) you know you want to run, but you have no idea what the distance is. It could be a 5K. It could be a marathon. It could be a 100 miler. You're not clear on the goal. And actually, you're not even sure of the course because it's not going to be super well marked either. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So. That sounds ridiculous, right? Like who would want to do that? Right. So it's interesting because we do the same thing when we say, I want to work out more. Mm-hmm. But then you don't take the time to clarify what the workout is, when you're doing it, how long you're doing it, and all the things that go along with it. So say you are wanting to work out more consistently. That example of that you shared at the beginning of maybe struggling to get up in the morning when it's still dark and it's cold outside this time of year ask yourself what specific workout am i wanting to do mm. am i training for a specific race or a specific event do i just want to get my body moving more am i making a comeback from an injury get clear on what the goal is and what the training plan is as well and sometimes you may need to get help with that from a fitness professional you know to help you come up with that specific plan and oftentimes, I think it's even helpful to ask, how will I know when I'm doing it the way that I want to? So how, mm-hmm. how will I know that I am working out more? You know, what does that specifically look like? And then once you, once you have the what, I think the other piece that I mentioned, to be clear on the goals and having the motivation to follow through is knowing why is this so important? Like, what's the payoff? Right. How is it going to impact my life? Yeah. And who even who do I want to become because right. of doing this? You know, it's a very holistic view on this. And also the flip side of that, what will happen if I don't go for this goal? What will happen if I continue to not work out and just hit the snooze and keep sleeping in and not taking that extra even 15 minutes to go and move my body a little bit in the morning? I think when people avoid the what and the why clarity steps, It's sometimes because they've had that goal that they didn't reach when they said they wanted to Mm -hmm. and they had that failure or so to speak failure and it left them feeling very frustrated. Um, And I totally get this. I've been there too. You know, when you don't reach a goal on the timeline that you set and you think you've failed and yet we need to stop and realize that all the steps we made along the way were actually mini successes. Right. So that's why I recommend focusing on action steps as goals. Mm -hmm. So they can still be very specific, they can have numbers and dates attached, but they're the things that you have control over, rather Mm -hmm. than the outcome, which sometimes can be influenced by many other factors out of your control. You know, there's so many things that could play into it. So, you know, back to the working out question, you know, even getting up in the morning, you have control over what time that alarm clock is set for, and how long you're going to uh, do the workout for. Maybe you don't have control over, you know, the the end race time that you're going to have, or how many days it's going to take you to be able to lift that amount of weight or do that amount of time. Maybe you're just getting back into running, for example, and you just can't really see yourself going beyond 20 minutes. You don't know how long exactly it's going to take for you to push to that 30 minutes, because what if you have a little setback? What if there's an injury or something, you know, in the winter, you get hit with a cold, and then it sets you back a few weeks. But the thing you do have control over is the steps that you can take. And you can always stick to that plan and then adjust as necessary. So back to the question about motivation and, you know, what it is It moves us to take, what moves us to take action. Um, But to be moved to take action, you better know where you're going, when you're going to show up for it, and why you're showing up.
0: Yeah. You had so many great points in there, but I kind of want to get into the why. And I've talked about this in a lot of other shows, and I think that we're so influenced by the world and what other people are doing that it's really hard for some people to go back and understand what it is that they really want. So how do you take someone and you kind of erase all these thoughts about what they should be doing and help them to understand, okay, why do you really want to do this? Because like you said, without that true why there's not a lot of driving force to go like there's no force to get up at 5 a.m and work out when it's freezing cold right so how do you help someone right. even in health right like even if we see all these people jumping on diets but they don't really know why they want to lose the weight they don't really know why like why it is and sometimes their why isn't founded in their true identity you know like i think sometimes we come up a we we mm-hmm. conjure up a why that's like like a stereotypical answer, you know, like why we think we Mm -hmm. should. So how do we dig deep and like really get into that why?
1: Yeah, I think it is noticing when we are using that should word because sometimes that motivation can be lacking because it's not lined up, like you said, and that definitely goes back to clarity on what it is and, and why we want it. But if we're taking time to reflect on that why a little deeper and you find out that maybe you're not doing something Anymore that maybe used to be a goal. Um, So you're doing something now that used to be a goal, but maybe you're still doing it and it's just sort of on autopilot, but Mm -hmm. you really don't care about it that much anymore. I think that's important to notice. So maybe that's a trigger question for someone to ask is, did I care about this at one point? Like, what are my goals currently? And just ask, do I still care about this? Does this still have meaning to me? And then why? Why Mm -hmm. does that have meaning? Mm -hmm. And normally to get really to the bottom of those layers it's it's, for me it's been about asking why multiple times you know so you might say well it's so important because I still want to see what I'm capable of and Mm -hmm. push my limits like say if it's a a specific race that someone's wanting to run a distance maybe they haven't done they've done a 5k but they want to train for a half marathon so maybe they're pushing for that new distance okay well I want to do a distance I've never done well why do you want to do that well because it's um going to show me, you know, different parts of my abilities that I haven't been able to tap into before. I feel like I've never really been able to reach that potential. Okay, well, why is that important to you? Mm -hmm. And maybe even someone from that point would say, well, you know what, back in, you know, my younger years, I feel like I had experiences that sort of made me feel a little less like I was be uh, capable of doing that, and I didn't really realize my potential. And I'm trying to, like, look back at, at that place and, and try to get back to that because I, I never really got the approval of the people that I loved because I never really followed through with those goals that I wanted to. So then you sort of find out, like, okay, well, there's some pieces in there that maybe it's actually about you seeking approval from those other people that are important in your life. And maybe it was something that happened in the past, a specific experience, or maybe you just realized that you're doing so many things in your life right now because you're wanting that approval or you're doing it because they think that you should be doing it. And you really don't have any other reasons besides that. So just looking at that, I think it's important to look at it without judgment too, when you do Mm -hmm. come to the end of that, that why chain, you know, and you keep asking it because, It doesn't have to be like, well, you know, I'm a bad person for wanting to do it because of this reason. It's okay. It's when you ask yourself why it all becomes more clear and you can just look at it for what it is without judgment and go from there and decide what the new plan might be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that is really helpful. I think too, because like you said, in the first question I asked is, If you don't like it, you're never gonna do it. You know, like if this isn't who you are and what you wanna do, Mm -hmm. you're really never going to stick with it. And yet, like you were kind of saying, like we're all so overwhelmed, I feel like, with so many different things and that we actually achieve, you know, then we get we get bothered by the fact that we quote unquote fail at things. So how do we Mm -hmm. how do you help someone sort through, okay, going into the new year, like this is my vision for my life, this is my why? But how do we not get so bogged down by all the other things that we try to wear, like all the other hats that we try to wear?
1: Yeah, then there's starry object syndrome. Like you have this goal and you think, okay, well, I'm really clear on this now. I know I want to do this. And then maybe a few weeks in, you start getting some different ideas, especially for, you know, those of us that have a personality that are (laughs) triggered by new ideas, or we get a lot of ideas at our head going, you know, and that generates a lot of new stuff. You have to sift through that beautiful mess. You know because it is beautiful, but it does get, get messy too. So, I think it can be true that when we feel overwhelmed and sometimes we uh, try to attempt too much, that actually we don't end up doing as much as we want. And it's definitely uh, something to watch out for when you're trying to do too much because that and place of burnout can be a really tough place to right. do anything. you know. <laughs> right. And sometimes, honestly, I think that's why people are struggling with motivation, because they're actually too overwhelmed. And they're in that state where they just have taken on too much. I've had a history with adrenal issues. And for me, I really needed to learn better ways to honor both the effort and the rest. Mm. And it wasn't something that mm-hmm. I had had modeled enough, you know, and the examples that I needed, I guess, in my life that I felt like I, I learned so much of that, which is so much of what I now pull into my work with holistic fitness coaching because it does take that whole approach. But the question about being overwhelmed and then productivity, it makes me actually think of the four burner theory. So that's your your four burners are your family, your friends, your health and your work, according mm-hmm. to this theory. So it says that in order to be successful, you basically – have to kind of eliminate one of your burners. Or if you want to be really successful and and reach your goals, then you might even have to cut off two. So it doesn't mean that you're completely cutting these off. But I I agree with the idea that we can't always have all four burners on high. Mm -hmm. Because if there's major things happening in family, major stuff happening in friends, major things in health, major stuff in work, you know, it's just, it's, it doesn't right. work, and everybody I think can resonate with that because you've been there. So one way to work through it, I think, is to harness our focus, which is what we're kind of talking about. Uh-huh. And for example, in the in the health realm, assuming assuming that you have three hours a week to exercise, however that's split up throughout your days, how can you get in your best place possible with your fitness, however whatever goal you have related to that, just with those three hours? So, assuming that you have that amount of time, how can you harness that focus? And you know, just really narrowing in on the, on the one area that maybe is the focus for you in this season. And mm-hmm. I think that's the other key to remember is that there are seasons for yes. all of these things. Yeah. So instead of searching for this perfect work life balance all the time, which, by the way, I don't think exists. Right. There are seasons for certain things to have more attention, and and that's simply just how it is. So instead of having all four burners, you know, perfectly on this medium to high heat and and just perfectly all the same all the time. When you look at the four burners and you're deciding what to put your energy towards, then you do focus in and you realize that there might be a season for one to have its energy on or heat on high and then others are on low. But ultimately, we do have to look at all of that and kind of prune away like the same as you would do with plants and nature, you know, for them to grow back stronger and healthier. I I think that's another visual that really resonates with me because of my passion for nature and plants. But, you know, you focus down on the critical things and you have to prune that away to have the most growth. So some of the questions that I ask myself are, what are the things that are aligning the most? So Mm -hmm. if I know that there's that that one overarching goal in a specific area like my work, then what activities or what are the steps, what opportunities are aligning the most with that? Or even what's, what's a project or a goal that I need to prune to get better results in this? Mm-hmm. And then also, even as you consider each of the things that you're letting go, ask yourself, how does it feel to let it go? Because so many times our body and our just our first instinct you know, that we have, our intuition will tell us like, wow, to get that off my plate or to put that on a low burner right now would feel really amazing because really I want this to be the high focus.
0: Yeah, no, that is is really relieving just like to hear you say that because I think that we live in a society where we're told to do everything and be everything. Um, But- really, when you look at the burners approach, you can't, you can't do that, right? Like we can't focus and be good at everything, but it doesn't mean we have to get rid of it. And I like the pruning and, and I'm very much into seasonality. And I kind of want to go into that because we, we live in a way that we want one exercise program to work for us for the rest of our life, or we want one diet to work for us for the rest of our life, which would be ideal but really, when we get into seasonality mm-hmm. of things, like everything kind of ebbs and flows. And like you said, there's going to be seasons where maybe health can't be a priority or a hot burner. And maybe it doesn't need to be, right? But that doesn't mean it can't be mm-hmm. a thing. And so how do we, how do you help someone sort through their season and help, help let go? <laughs> maybe is what I'm trying to say. Like letting go can be yeah. really hard and really scary. But how can we help someone let go to understand that mm-hmm. there is more out there?
1: I think with the seasons, it does help to take cues from nature because we're inevitably connected mm-hmm. to it. So in the winter season, uh, that is such a season of more inward focus and less outward doing, less less effort. You know, you look around at the trees and they've dropped everything; they're kind of going into this dormancy. Right, right, yeah. That mm-hmm. everything everything actually appears to be quiet and asleep. But the interesting thing is, is that all of those roots are actually, you know, working down into the soil, getting enriched, right. kind of waiting for that time where they're primed to then send energy back up. So if you think of it that way, like how can I reflect that in my own life? Maybe what, what does inner reflection look like to me right now? What does my, how, does my, how do my workouts need mm-hmm. to change, maybe to focus in on some smaller key areas that are going to actually lead me towards the bigger growth when I get at it again in the spring or summer. Like I think it's natural going back to even the motivation idea for us to have that wane of motivation when the seasons change. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes if we don't understand that seasonality, that we beat ourselves up for that. And we think what's wrong with me? Like all of a sudden I have no mojo to do anything. And you know, we really are hard on ourselves about it. And that's so, difficult to navigate through. And I've totally been there myself. And so I, until I started to understand this more, and it's so helpful to know that those ebbs and flows are natural. And even within the same month, it's very natural, especially for women, because we have an inner season, right? You know, we have our, our winter equivalent would be our time of menstruation when we bleed. So Mm -hmm. that is our time to go inward, to not be Pushing so hard and you know not be doing the hardest workouts ever, and I I think those recommendations you know to to push through you know the workout no matter what and it'll feel good even when you're menstruating to to move your body and it it just all depends you know there's no one size fits all like you were saying and it does really go back to knowing what's good for you instead of trying to put yourself into that cookie cutter box and if you see recommendations like that then then always be willing to explore it for yourself and question it. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't exercise when you're menstruating, you know, but I will say that movement for some people is something they feel is beneficial and other people might do other things that are more beneficial for them. Like for me on the first day, I hardly ever do much of anything. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I definitely don't run, which is what I do most days. Um, don't bike. Like if I do anything, it's going to be a very short and easy walk. <laughs> like that's right. all, and and yoga, like stretching, you know, things like that. But I, you know, for for someone else, maybe they do feel like moving a little bit more intensely. Um, but overall, I think it's just something we have to explore, something we have to tune into and pay attention to, and start to even track for mm-hmm. ourselves, so that we know this is the time of the month when I feel really energetic. This is like my time to go at it and push myself and these are the times when I start to throttle back a little and feel less engaged. And I've been really playing with this myself and and working it into the model that I can offer to other people because I do think that we get afraid of like, well if I'm not always training right. in this direction, if I'm not always working out consistently, mm-hmm. if I take that time off, then I'm gonna have a setback and it's gonna it's gonna put me mm-hmm. back. I'm not gonna be where I wanna be. But I I'm kind of playing the other side of that where if we do cycle with it, that we're much better off if we pay attention to the inner seasons and outer seasons and we're healthier overall. So it's healthier, not necessarily harder. Yeah. Kind of my mantra.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I am. I'm totally on the same way. The seasons have been fascinating lately to me and it's not Mm -hmm. just like the physical season but like in everything in life you know like even parenting there's different seasons and marriage there's different seasons, and relationships there's different Mm -hmm. seasons like it's a constantly changing environment so how do we get ourselves to a place Mm -hmm. where like more or less can be more right like how can we get to a place of of rest and um like the self-awareness to really know (laughs) what our body needs without Mm -hmm. complacency to just not do anything. Um, And I don't want to say not do anything, but it is easy to be so overwhelmed and the ebb and flow of life rather to really embrace it. So as you've gone on your own journey of like seasonality, have you really started to like practical steps to really start to embrace this into your life?
1: Mm. I think it does go back to our mindset around it because we're programmed to be set up a certain way part of it is related to what happens when we do try to change so if we've always been programmed to act in a certain way you know like this is kind of the pace that we go or these are the workouts we do or this is the um (laughs) schedule Mm -hmm. that we have in our life these are the habits that we've that we have in place in our morning routine or this is how we end our day whatever it is when we try to change your body notices And resistance usually kicks in a little bit. So it's kind of like going back to the workout example, because that's that's part of my world is you start a new workout and you feel really good about it after the first day, right? Right. And then on day two, you're a little bit sore, like you feel like you did something yesterday, (laughs) which might give you a positive mental boost because Mm -hmm. that feels like, okay, that's good. I can tell I did something. I'm making progress. Or it could send you into a little bit of a spiral of negative thoughts and self-criticism that you're more out of shape than you realize. And like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so hard as I right. continue. So it could go either way. But as you as you go on with these three, four, five, and on, that inner critic voice continues to let you know that you're not good at making changes. You failed in the past, remember? This is going to take so long, so why are you even bothering? And all the other negative things that basically can be thought of to keep you from the uncomfortable sense that naturally but always comes with change mm-hmm. so to add to that your body is sore right because you've introduced a new stress and with time it's obviously going to adapt and get stronger to meet the stress but for now it sends that physiological signal to your brain that hey maybe you're doing something wrong <laughs> like this, this hurts <laughs> maybe you should just go ahead and stop but you know on the flip side when we stick with that new workout or whatever new habit or program it is when we get through that uncomfortable place and we stick with it, our cells are flooded with those neurotransmitters that come from the positive experience that we eventually do have. And it's easier to then continue towards activities that give you that positive uh, feedback because you're programmed for it. So the key is, part of it is sticking with that transition period when your body is creating the new receptors for it. You know, in other words, if, if you can learn to get through that beginning stage, and hire your inner coach to take the lead over the inner critic and keep going, then you'll be able to stick with any change that you want to make, mm-hmm. even if it's a change in how you're shifting the season. So I think the biggest challenge that we do have is our inner critic. Some people may call it the inner mean girl, but it's right. that voice that's going to ruin our best intentions, play that negative self-talk, give us excuses, and you're going to hear it more when you're trying to change and when you're pushing to a different level. Right. You know, It's, it's going to be that voice that says, this is too hard, do it later, you're too slow, you can't do this, and you're not good enough. Yeah. Those kinds of things. So even though that voice may be there, the, the key to kind of shifting things around and getting that mental toughness on your side is to notice that it's happening, become aware of that voice, and then get curious about what it's all about. And sometimes you realize that it's simply just about like, okay, this is just a change. This is just new, and that's totally okay. I can handle that. And then you just take action because you realize there's nothing more to this other than this is a change and something new. And that's why my inner critic mind and inner mean girl is kind of freaking out. Right. So <laughs> I think, I think part of, part of it with the seasons too, is, you know, not just the uh, realizing, okay, what's happening when we do try to change and maybe if we're setting new habits for a new season. Um, the other thing is related to things that we already have in place as habits that obviously we're motivated to do because they are habits. Versus motivation that we want to create for new habits. Mm. And I think to get us into action, you know, some people wonder, is it motivation that comes before a habit or is it a habit that comes before the motivation to do it or to make that change? Right. And it's it's a little bit of both, I think. But the example I think of where it's the habit that leads to motivation is Mel Robbins' five-second rule concept. Uh-huh. And the the idea is that when you you think of doing something, like you're going to make a change to take action, really the simplest example that she gives that I can think of is when you're getting out of bed in the morning. So you have the alarm set for, say, 6 a.m. And instead of hitting the snooze button, when you hear that alarm, you're going to you know, obviously have that trigger of like, oh, I just want to sleep a little more. I'm just going to hit the snooze. You count down five, four, three, two, one, and you get up. So the five second rule concept is doing that countdown. Every time you start to get triggered to like, okay, I'm going to take action. And then you just start to have that moment of like, oh, I don't know. You just go five, four, Uh three, two, one, and you take action. And what it does is it gets us into action because we, we kind of interrupt that, inner critic in the brain basically Mm. and when we get into action yeah basically because you're 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 saying okay well actually we're going this way okay five four three two one go and then it reinforces your belief you know because then you start to show yourself I'm someone who does what I say I'm going to do I am increasing um, you know my belief and my ability to do this and then that adds to feeling more motivated so you start to have these past experiences where you know, maybe you notice that in this season of your life, you made that change, and then when something related to it comes up in the future, you look back and you think, "Yeah, well, remember how I did that back then? Like, so I can make this change again now." And then so that that past experience kind of builds your motivation for the future, even before you create the new habit, simply because you can draw on something from the past that was very similar.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that. Those are all really helpful tips to put into practice, especially that five, I mean, I can totally see how you interrupt that and it totally transitions your thoughts because sometimes it takes distraction because our inner critic can be really strong. (laughs) Um, Which brings me to a question of what, how do you balance self-awareness with discipline? Because I think, I mean, I think that there has to be a level of discipline in some aspects, you know, like sometimes you're not going to feel like Mm -hmm. doing it, but if you get into the habit of never doing it because you never, quote unquote, feel like doing it, like, is that just a misinterpretation mm-hmm. of your self-awareness or is that a discipline issue? Like, where does that all fit into the picture?
1: So kind of like, are you asking or curious about a situation where if you do feel like doing something, then obviously path is easy and you're good to go. But if the, in those moments where you might be taking the advice of, well, if I don't feel like doing it, then I shouldn't, I should mm-hmm. do something else. Is that kind of yeah? That's kind of where I'm going. Yeah, I mean, I think like where you go next, right?
0: Like, there's a seasonality to it all, and like, and I totally agree with like even the seasons of like the menstrual flow of like, you know, when you're menstruating, it's probably not a great time to push yourself very hard. But how do you get yourself back out of that Mm -hmm. once it's done? You know, like I see a lot of people who are who are really disciplined right away, but then like something happens, and then they just kind of fall out of that habit, Um, and they just stop feeling like it,
1: right. Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of good questions to maybe ask in that, because if you do fall out of it, maybe it really isn't that important to you anymore. Maybe it truly has changed and you're in a different season where that's just not as valuable anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think of an easy example in my own life or something pretty simple. I do notice that some of my routines, either the way I start my day or the way I end my day starts to shift just a little bit, depending on the season. And I, I start to feel a little bit restless with whatever I was doing before. And it's kind of like my hint that like, okay, like you need to change something up a little bit here. So even just as simple as, you know, being, um, usually I'm first, one of the first things I do is kind of get moving a little bit. So get my yoga mat out and do some kind of, you know, stretching, just to get my body moving. And in the warmer months I do it outside and obviously when it's too cold, then I'm inside because I can't really move too good when I'm bundled up that way. But I start to get like the nudge for that change as the seasons are shifting and I start to not enjoy the old way of doing it anymore. Right. So I don't know if that helps. Yeah, yeah. You know, Whoever's listening and thinking about those kind of examples in your life where you start to feel restless with whatever the current habit is. And that's a good time to ask yourself, does something about this habit just need to change the way it looks? Or do I need to change this completely because it just doesn't even fit into my life anymore and it's not even something that I'm enjoying doing, you know, but if it is one of those things where you realize like, okay, no, I do want to do this. I'm just having a hard time deciding, do I go ahead with it when I'm not feeling like it or is that a sign to hold back? That kind of reminds me of when we work out, you know, we have those days where he might be thinking is this a day to push through and tough it out or do i take a rest day mm-hmm. you know that's sometimes the question because if you're always following your body's nudges then you know who knows every time you work maybe your your time to work out is in the afternoon after work and you're almost always kind of like drudging, you know for those that first little bit and my little trick with with those times is you know i've come to understand my body a little bit better but i remember more in the beginning of as i was exploring this i feel like i always kind of gave myself that a little bit of an out like okay just put your shoes on and go out for 10 minutes just run for 10 minutes and if if you still feel tired after 10 15 minutes even you know, you're done. That's right. It. right. You, you, uh-huh. You're truly tired. You need to do something else today. Um, but usually what happened is I started to notice the difference between like, okay, truly feeling fatigued and needing to do something a little easier or different today. And the difference between like, you were just tired because you were sitting at the computer all day right. staring at a screen and your body just was like wanting to move. So actually this feels really good now, but I think it helps if you give yourself a little bit of that out, like what's, what's one step that you actually could do to make it manageable? So instead of looking at it in the big, the big goal that just doesn't seem like it's something that you can manage right now, how could you break it down into something smaller? So taking my one hour run into like, just go for 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. you can totally do that for 10 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, I can. So this is like the little dialogue happening in my head. Um, but it, I have a free audio download, actually, on my website at JennyHolbert.com. It's called How to Get Motivated from Your Soul to Your Soul. And there's four steps that I walk you through in it to help you decide what to do when you lack motivation. So it's kind of a practice that you use even daily before a workout or whenever whenever you're wanting to use it before the workout to feel more confident and mentally prepared because it's going to help you decide how to get through the tired, unmotivated, struggling to work out. And you can actually take it for a run or walk to listen to it. But it does start with that idea of checking in to the whole body. Like, what's going on? How am I feeling mentally, physically? What has just happened in my day that might be affecting my energy right now? And then setting the intention of what's the plan? You know, do I need to do what I had originally intended for this workout? Or do I need to take a different direction um, and then part of it is also just being kind of aware of what do I have going for me? You know, like if it's the workout example, well, I'm actually, you know, my legs are actually feeling pretty energized. It's more just emotionally, I feel kind of wrecked from the day. Right. You know? So it's just being aware and noticing that and then deciding what the action step is. So I think even though this is the workout example, again, it's, you know, you can translate it into a lot of other goals that you have Mm -hmm. just even going back to that idea of taking that big seemingly mountainous type of step or goal that you have and breaking it down into what feels so manageable to me today that I could just take one step and actually do it because that's the key then you're going to show yourself that you still take action even when you're not feeling like it it's just an action that was different than the one you had originally planned
0: yeah yeah that's all such Great advice. And like you said, the little things really do pay off in the end to have really great results. Mm -hmm. So, you know, coming up on the new year, like what is the one place you would have someone start to sort through this and start to take control of their minds and their life? Like, what is that starting point that you would give someone? Mm, I, I do think going back to the very
1: beginning of our conversation about clarity and Mm -hmm. knowing what you want and why, um, I like to call it a dream drip. I do this for myself often and just, kind of, you know, brain dump, however you want to call it, a dream drip of goals and um, desires, whatever it may be, things that you'd like to create, rhythms, new new goals that you have. And then from there, once you have it all down and you don't really censor or screen anything off the list, then you can go ahead and prune it and you can cross things off that just as soon as you look at it again, it's like, nah, that doesn't feel the best or at least not for the next few months. You know, you might leave it for a time a little bit later from now. And I think really the key from there is making sure that your intentions, your goals, they are written down because research has shown inevitably that you are more likely to achieve them if they are written down, Right, as simple of a step as that is. And you're thinking, ah, it's not a big deal. It's in my head. No, it actually, they've, research has proven it. So let's just do it. (laughs) We write (laughs) it down and you're more likely to achieve it. That's one easy step that is already getting you ahead. And, you know, from there you can set up your action steps and mm-hmm. even some triggers that are going to help you with the action steps. So that kind of, the question about sticking to those things that we set for ourselves, um, triggers are ways that you either put that goal into view. So maybe it's actually, you know, you're wanting to drink more water or a right. certain amount of water in the day. You're just not intaking as much and hydrating as well as you need to. So it's putting a water bottle at your desk so that you're literally looking at it um, throughout the day or for something that you want to remember to do as part of your daily routine. Maybe it's something you're going to do at the end of the day. Set a reminder on your phone for the time that you're wanting to do it or write it down in some way. So especially if this is a new goal, it's so important to make sure to put it into view or set a reminder, write it down somewhere. And then I think work with it for at least 21 days, which Uh again has been shown that it's around that time that we need to to create a new habit. And sometimes it's more, you know, but just work it into your routine and, and make sure it's a, it's a small step so much. we, We so often try to change too much at once because we're excited and we want massive change. We want complete transformation, but we don't realize that like you just said, the small things, the small steps that we do take, that really start to add up. And it's more about the compound effect of doing that one thing consistently over a month and seeing the compound effect of that, as opposed to trying to change a whole bunch of things and then just getting frustrated and thrown off, right? Filter from it,
0: yeah. Because those little things are like the snowball yeah. effect. Eventually, they just build up. And sometimes, all you have to start is a couple of things, and then naturally, you just kind of start desiring more. You know, like it becomes a little bit easier. Uh, Mm -hmm. I totally agree. You can't start with a huge snowball and expect to roll it, right? Like you have to start with something small and just keep building on that. This has been so fantastic. And I know it's been such great advice, especially going into the new year and just a breath of fresh air to know that it's not about static rules and a one way, right? Like it's about really knowing yourself and digging in. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I have a few quick fire questions before we go. Uh, so we're going to do those quickly, but sure. I really have loved this conversation. So first up quick fire, what is one thing you do every day for your health?
1: Move my body.
0: Yep. Do you just change it? Do you, That's it. <laughs> do you like stick to something or do you like to change it up? Like, are you, do you get, I like to change yeah. it up. I listen to my body. I mean, I do, I do love
1: to run. That's, and that's often, it's just the most easy, accessible thing for me to do. Cause I need running shoes and that's it. And you know, that's, wonderful Plus, I just am drawn to it the most but I like to bike I like to hike uh, in the winter cross country skiing I'm excited for it, to switch yeah. it up um, I I like to work out outdoors so any anytime of strength training I do I do outside with with rocks for my weights and logs I don't like going to the gym scene and doing it that way so yeah it looks a little different for me every day but whatever I'm feeling and yoga in some form is part of my day every day just because It's another thing that I've gotten into the habit of doing, and it feels good.
0: I think we're kindred spirits when it comes to working out that way. I'm the same way. I have to have a lot of change, and I prefer to be outside. (laughs) Okay, what's your favorite health book?
1: You know what? The one that made the biggest impact on my life years ago, or one huge impact, I shouldn't say the biggest, but definitely a huge impact, was Women, Food, and God by Janine Ross. Mm. Uh, because I struggled with an eating disorder for years. And that was actually um, something, that concept she shared in that book, were really about tuning into our body and understanding what was behind it all. And it wasn't really just about the food. So, yeah, that, go check out that, especially if you, you know, some of your listeners, since you're in the nutrition work and that's so much of what you share, that might be of interest if they have struggled with yeah. food at all.
0: That one's been re- um, mm-hmm. recommended on here before as well, so... Pretty cool. Mm. Okay, what's on your Christmas yeah. list? Oh, mm. oh, I love, I love giving gifts.
1: I love receiving them too. It's actually one of my top love languages yeah. is gifts. <laughs> but uh, it's funny, honestly, I can't say I have anything on my list specifically. But one thing that just came to mind first was that I did invite my mom and sisters to have a spa day as our gift to each other this year. Oh, that's a great idea. That. Yeah, that's a yeah, great I idea. So often remember the experiences and the way yeah. that you know we mm-hmm. feel together and those kinds of things and I'm not saying that you know I don't like having material gifts to give or receive in certain cases too but I just I'm attracted to that idea right now and the idea of less is more and letting go of certain mm-hmm. things in my life that just don't have their place anymore is appealing too so yeah I, I was definitely drawn to that and having that experience with them.
0: Yeah, that's a fantastic idea. Okay, what's one thing you do for a healthy mind every day?
1: Uh, healthy mind. I inhale
0: essential oils.
1: <laughs> I diffuse them. I breathe them out of my hands. It's the quickest way to shift our brain chemistry because they are known to interact with our limbic system, which shifts our emotion, our mood, our even our blood pressure. It can change where we're at mentally and even create. an anchor for us in certain cases. So I put things like wild orange and peppermint
0: in -hmm. the diffuser
1: in the morning for energy and for uplifting. It's sort of my signature aroma for getting into work mode. And then in the evening, I really love lavender and eucalyptus for winding down and sleep.
0: Uh Uh-huh. So those are are your favorite ones. Those are a great thing. And I love that idea as well. Mm -hmm. I I mean, smells really Mm -hmm. do ignite so much. And maybe you'll have to do a podcast specifically on that because it is really powerful. Okay. What's the best piece of advice you could leave us with?
1: Oh, in talking about motivation, which was so much of our focus with a lot of different little trails, I think we're often too hard on ourselves. It's just back to the idea that motivation ebbs and flows, and that's normal. There are seasons in nature. There's inner seasons that we have as women, like I was talking about. So pay attention to what your body needs and practice listening. And with your approach to things like your workouts, don't take things too seriously. Just be willing to play sometimes. You know, Do right. movement that you enjoy and choose something that's fun, even if it doesn't feel like you're quote unquote, working out, you know, if you Mm -hmm. feel like dancing, put on some tunes before you head out to do something else. Or if you feel like getting into a more peaceful mode, or you just need to clear your head, go for a run or a hike in the woods, whatever will feel like that to you. And so often, I think when we need more motivation and energy, I'll say for myself, when I need more motivation and energy, more play is actually Mm. the answer for me. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's such great advice. You have been a wealth of knowledge Um, I know you won't be a one-time guest. You'll be back on again at some point. So thank you so much for being here, leaving so much advice. Tell us where we can learn more about you.
1: Oh, I appreciate you so much, Alexa. Thanks for a great conversation and all of the wisdom that you've shared too. I have a lot of resources over at JennyHolbert.com and great place to connect with me because it's kind of all there on social media. I'm at Jenny Holbert. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook as well. But the free download that I have at JennyHolbert.com is probably the one that listeners will want to grab from this conversation to kind of follow up and dive a little deeper into it. It's the how to get motivated from your soul to your souls. And you can take that and listen in your earbuds, kind of like a podcast. Yeah. So enjoy.
0: Yes. Thank you so much again. And I'll make sure and link all of that up in the show notes as well as everything she recommended in today's podcast. So head on over there to get those. And thank you again so much, Jenny. Thank you. Motivation, what are you going to do with it? I think Jenny left some great points for us to think about as we start dreaming up a new year with new goals and plans. I cannot wait to see what you are going to do and have you join me on this journey of living a well-nourished year. More than anything, it is my hope to teach you about how your body works to create an awareness and a love for health. As they say, you can't love something without knowing it, so let me help you know it. Don't forget to head on over to the show notes to get all of the information from today's show. You can find that at simperswellnesscom backslash 128. Also, make sure you go back and listen to episode number 126 and 127 to get more information on building a new year with new goals and habit techniques that actually work. Next week, I'm going to be sharing my own ideas and goals for the new year, and I'll be walking alongside of you as you do yours as well. I can't wait to dive in. But before I go, I want to tell you what's coming up. Yes, I'm so excited for what's coming up. Starting next week, the first week in January, I'm releasing a brand new series all on metabolism. This isn't your ordinary metabolism of calories in, calories out, and trying to beat metabolism and outthink it. But in this series, we're gonna break down the truth about metabolism, including episodes like why you don't binge on broccoli and fly places you should never eat and so much more. Like we're uncovering the hard truth about how metabolism works in your body And that's specific to you. And that's what's different about this is it's not a one size fits all, but I'm gonna help teach you how your body is actually working and help you understand it. So stay tuned for that. That's coming out next week, the first week in January. But before that happens, I have one more episode to release this year. And it's one of my very favorite episodes all year long. And that's the wellness trends of the next year. Yes, this Friday, I'll be launching the 2019 wellness trends. My top five that I think We should all be focusing on what we learned from last year's trends and a few honorable mentions. So stay tuned for that. It's a quick bonus episode, but one of my favorites, you're going to want to hear it. In the meantime, start thinking about motivation, your new year's goals, dreams, hopes, and rhythms that you can start to incorporate into your life. Come back next week as we get started with the wellness year and kick off that metabolism series. This year is going to be a pivotal year for all of us. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Come back Friday, check out that last episode this year and don't forget, tell your friends and family about Simperance Radio. It is how the show progresses. It is the very reason I'm here is because of you, to help you and people like you. And I know there are more people out there who could join this journey of realistic health that works for you. So make sure you keep sharing it with your friends and family and know from the bottom of my heart, I am so thankful for you. I hope that this year has been a year of growth and learning that you can go back if you haven't already and listen to all the other episodes of Simple Radio, which is what's so awesome about podcasts is that you can kind of binge them like Netflix and then get excited about what's to come. In the meantime, go back to your goals, dig in, and I will be back here on Friday for one more episode of 2018.